Kia ora and welcome. You're listening to the New Zealand Wine Podcast and I'm Boris Lamont. Thanks for joining us for this episode where we're speaking with Stephanie Guth. Stephanie was the winner of the New Zealand Sommelier of the Year 2017 and we talk with Stephanie about how her interest and love for wine developed and how she came to be working at the highly acclaimed and renowned restaurant The French Cafe here in Auckland, New Zealand. So right now, let's go have a chat with Stephanie. So hi, Steph. How are you doing? Um, Nice to have you in here. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. So how did you get to be doing what you're doing right now? What I'm doing Where did it all start for you? Um, I guess I I have a background in uh, cooking and... um, I then I did I did that for a number of years, and then I was sort of uh, took a wine course out of interest sake more than anything, and I kind of got hooked. So that's how I ended up moving, I guess, to the front of house. Um, yeah, and I've been there ever since. I love it. Not going anywhere. <laughs> no. Okay. And, um, so what what were what were you doing in in the in cuisine? the kitchen? Yeah, in the kitchen. Um, so I, I mean, I went to culinary school for I guess three years. I mm-hmm. spent. Um, and where was that? In Toronto. In Toronto, yeah, yes. Yeah, I spent uh, nine months working in Italy in a kitchen, um, mm-hmm. which was great. And I mean, I, was, I guess I was exposed, not even knowing it, but I was exposed to quite a bit of wine um, out there. And then came back to Toronto, uh, worked for another couple years. And then, you know, this, this wine course sort of came up and um, took it, like I said, out of interest sake, really more than mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it turned into a total career change for me. So it was a bit of a game changer, which was fun. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what what was it, do you think, that sort of sparked that? Um, did you just sort of the gradually change, get, yeah. get sort of drawn into? I love, I want to say I love the, um, the structure of a kitchen, but I had previously gone to university and I got a business degree, sort of specializing in hospitality and tourism. So I had a very uh, sort of good idea of why you shouldn't open a restaurant. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Financially what not, speaking. What not to do. Oh, yeah. okay. No, yeah. no, just, I mean, it was, it's it's a challenging yeah. job to have and it's a challenging career to have. Um, and I guess as I was getting a little bit older, I sort of valued more of a work-life balance because in the kitchen you were working for yep. definitely minimal pay for uh, all the hours in the day, yep. um, which is great when you're, you know, of a certain age, but it starts to, I think, catch up with you a little bit. And mm. I, um, yeah, I was valuing more of a work-life balance and um, that's it. Then it right. came about, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, so you did a, you did a wine course and still did, in, you yeah. were in Toronto? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was a, it was a year course. It's called CAPS. So what we have is called the Canadian Association of Professional Sommeliers. Mm-hmm. Um, which nobody knows outside of Canada, because why wouldn't they? But uh, it essentially is on the same level as the Court of Master uh, Sommeliers, their certified level. Yep. So it allows you to be certified by them. And then also once a year, the court comes into, I'm actually probably more now, but when I did it, once a year, the court would come into the city and do a, a weekend sort of certification course. So I then did that. So I got, um, I did get the court certification because that is obviously recognized a little bit more internationally mm-hmm. um, and I had every intention to sort of travel with the job so yep. that was uh, my main reason for doing that right 
Yeah. Okay. Great, great school. Great, like body of uh, a great certification to have for sure. Yeah. Yep. Both of them. Okay. And so it, what happened once you'd finished the course? Did you take up a, a, a role in, in Toronto? Did no, actually, um, this was, this would have been 2012 and the Olympics were happening um, mm-hmm. in London that mm-hmm. year. So I was like, what the hell? Let's just pick up and move because there's the, you know, anticipating there would be sort of a lot of opportunity. Um, and having, having lived there previously or in Europe, um, their food and wine culture was a lot more advanced um, than what was going on in Toronto at the time, right? So I thought it would be a, a great sort of intro into the job. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing sort of that you could be hired as uh, a SOM, assistant SOM, seller uh, rat, any of those, because in Toronto at that time, there wasn't uh, maybe two or three jobs that actually uh, were sommelier jobs. Mm-hmm. They often include, like everywhere around the world, but often include sort of the managerial side of things as well. Um, and, you know, my passion was then in food and wine and not so much in the hiring, firing, opening the restaurant right. and all the rest of those things, making a schedule. Um, so I knew if I wanted to sort of learn the lay of the land in terms of the, a sommelier job, I needed to go somewhere where they actually had those jobs proper. Okay. Um, Toronto's come along a, a long way now, so mm. it has. It there are jobs like that that do exist now in uh, in the city, but London to me was sort of, and it is. It's the center of the wine world, trade right. distribution, okay. what uh, you get exposed to. So yeah, so we picked up, moved there for almost two years. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And wh- what were some of the places you worked at? While so I worked at a restaurant called Pied de Terre mm-hmm. um, in, I guess, it, the sort of, it would be called Fitzrovia, uh, but right in the heart of town. And I mean, I had a, it was an amazing job. I was, I mean, technically, I guess the assistant psalm, but there was 14 tables. We did really only tasting menu, a massive wine list and a proper seller program in the sense that my boss was buying and keeping, holding for when things were actually ready to drink. Mm. Uh, I hadn't really seen that before. No, well, it's, <laughs> And I haven't really seen it since. So, no, no, yeah. it's... Um, I think when that comment's come up before on, on other podcasts we've had about um, yeah, that, w- that would be nice to have available in, in yeah. New Zealand restaurants. And, it, it, you know, and, it, and a, part, a, lot, a lot of it's the economics, isn't it? Totally, totally. And you, that's it. You understand why. I mean, there's, the margins are so low in restaurants anyway. So mm. um, it's, it's almost now up to the winery, I think, to keep wine stocks back yep. and release them later on yeah and um, even then oh. you know for New Zealand wines again it's been an economic thing there too yeah you yeah know, some guys are doing being, it yeah they are now yes. but you can understand I mean mm. for them it's also a business and mm. if they you mm. know it, that costs a lot of money to, mm. to hold on to it for a number of years yes. so so the few that do you're very grateful yeah, <laughs> for yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right that's yeah. right well then, and then the next thing is um, the, they might hold on to something but it's being able to get it in the market isn't it that um that's another thing as well because yeah they, they yeah go, they oh, often already nice have their us. clients <laughs> yeah. that they can <laughs> that they can easily sell to to just see um, how see how it goes for themselves it you know aging goes for themselves yeah and, yeah but it's been nice i think there's there definitely are a number of producers that are doing that and mm. when you talk to a lot of winemakers everybody talks about how their wine can age mm. but very few of them have aged wine to show you right mm. so mm. um it's nice to have a little bit of uh, proof in the pudding kind of yeah yeah <laughs> and then the other thing is 
you know, as an individual is being able to put put some away and try and forget about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, <laughs> see, totally. See how it goes. <laughs> Keep see your how. hands off it. But that's, that's also the thing with New Zealand wine is that a number of them, well, most of them, drink so well upon release. So you don't mm. you don't have to cellar no. it. Um, no, and that that's always a point to note, isn't it? It's just there, there's nothing that that's intrinsically better about keeping a wine longer yeah. because it, it, it may be okay and it may be even different but it doesn't mean it's necessarily better than, yeah, it, than it yeah, was yeah, yeah totally mm, so mm, mm, I yeah. haven't uh, personally I don't think I've had anything past 03 from New Zealand so far okay. so that's as, that's as far back as I have, right. yeah. I've been able to go yeah. um, but it was drinking great I mean I'm, the fruit doesn't doesn't go away it, it changes slightly but mm. it's still what I would describe the, the, the few that I've had are still um, on on the fruit forward side which is mm. um, I think a sort of a, a hallmark mm. for New Zealand wine which mm. is which is cool to see so mm. okay okay and so d- just maybe on that um, Canada's not a region we hear a lot about no what, it's far away from for, here <laughs> yeah what, what, what's happening for wine in, in Canada ah, I think there's a lot more going on than uh, people realize mm. and I mean we've got two main wine growing regions um, in the east being Ontario and the west being BC mm-hmm. so you've got the Okanagan out in BC um, mm. in terms of rainfall I think it's technically a desert which a lot of people uh, don't realize mm. so you, we've got uh, Bordeaux varietals strong out there Syrah the cabs Merlot um, they definitely have sort of no problem achieving ripeness you're getting a little bit higher alcohol as well um, but the Okanagan is quite a um, large region so from north to south there is a lot of diversity um, terroir as well as grape varieties and then in the east in Ontario you've got sort of two main uh, regions Niagara being to the um, west of the city about an hour and a half and Prince Edward County being about two hours east of the city towards Mm -hmm. Montreal. Um, Cool climate varieties, rain for sure. So Chardonnay, Riesling, Pinot Noir, a little bit of Gamay, Cab Franc, um, making some banging Rieslings and Chardonnays definitely. Okay. Uh, Pinot as well. So it's... um, Yes, so, there is a lot going on. We just don't see it over here. No, no, we don't. In in is it a relatively uh, young industry absolutely. like New Zealand's? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. totally on par with New Zealand. Right. Um, I mean, plantings were were decades ago, but I mean, I think they really only started making quality wine and table wine. Not so much ice wine. I think that's the reputation mm. that is uh, mm. on everybody's mind. Uh, when it comes to Canada, because they think, oh, it's so cold, but mm. it's really not. I mean, we do have a real summer. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's a big place, isn't it? It is. So yeah, it there's is. There's a few different Definitely. Mm. But um, we're making, like, the, the, the winemakers, like here, I find they have uh, traveled. They've all done harvest somewhere else. So they come back. They apply that knowledge. Um, they've improved leaps and bounds over the, you know, past few decades. So, yeah. Mm. Um, they're definitely making quality wine. They're just not making a lot of it. Yeah. So it's yeah. not cheap either. Yeah. Land's not cheap. Labor's okay. not uh, cheap. So it's, um, it is, yeah, mm. that's that's a hindrance. But if you can get your hands on a couple bottles, uh, try it out. It's, mm. uh, I don't, I think you'd be, a lot of people would be surprised yeah. at yeah. what uh, what comes out of there. No, I'd be. In I, a good I, way. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I've never had a, yeah. had a Canadian wine. So yeah, that would be. 
It would be interesting. We'll have to find you a bottle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Please. Um, and so now you've ended up in in Auckland. How did that How did that come about? Was it straight from London, or did no? You I went out? home for a number of years, yep. and well, yeah, worked there for um, for a bit, and then we um, decided to come here because of London. My boyfriend had previously worked in Australia, mm-hmm. um, so there was no opportunity to get a visa there, and we had both um, known a number of people that had come here and traveled, um, not necessarily to live, but never had we heard a bad thing about New Zealand, um, which was pretty cool. So I also, I sort of, I knew what I needed to know about New Zealand, why not home, but was keen to discover more because obviously it takes going to a place to really get a feel for it and understand and be exposed to a lot more. Um, and being Canadian, it was really easy to get a get a holiday working visa right. and just yeah. <laughs> pack up and leave. And it's been a super easy transition. I mean, it's uh, it's everybody's so nice and it's, you know, it's it, it's very, it feels very much like Canada. Right. So yeah. when was that for you? How long ago? We moved that? here in January this year. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so it's very been recent. 10, yeah, 10 yeah. months or so. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. flown by. Yeah. Yeah, and you're working at the French Cafe? Yes, Mm -hmm. yeah, so Mm -hmm. um, got the job before we moved, not really looking for a job, to be completely honest, because we were like, oh, we'll figure it out when we get there, we were going to, you know, the adventure side of things was going to, we just figured everything would work out, and it Mm. kind of did, because... um, so through a little connection with Cameron Douglas, um, knowing an MS that I knew at home, Mm it, it, it was just, it's it, serendipitous was kind of, uh, you know, the only way I can describe it because I, the, the, the gentleman that previously had my job was there for seven years. I mean, some jobs don't often come up. No, no. <laughs> um, and when they do, well, I guess you kind with, of have to It's someone with the it. reputation of the French cafe. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Which I, I mean, I obviously did my research before I... Uh, but you know, before I interviewed, but um, I actually found out about the restaurant because a table, um, a, a, a couple from Toronto who I was serving in Toronto um, at my restaurant there, they had just they had ordered a bottle of Sauvignon Blanc, and so I was chatting with them like, "Hey, hey, I'm moving to New Zealand in the new year. Like, any tips, advice?" And they'd lived in Auckland, and they said, "Yeah, with the best restaurant, we like the best meal we had in in." in New Zealand was at this restaurant called the French Cafe. Right. I was like, cool, I'll look it up. And that's where I saw they were hiring. Oh, okay. <laughs> they were hiring a right. song. So, yeah, yeah it, all, uh, it all worked out. So. Oh, that was serendipitous thing. Yeah, yeah it yeah, was, uh, yeah, it's really small world. I mean, yeah. that's the wine world is, the hospitality world is small. The wine world is even smaller. Mm. Um, and it's things like this that make you realize that even more, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. And so what, what does your work there entail? What's... Um, I'm super lucky in the sense that all I really do is take care of the wine list. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the beverage program as a whole, but um, definitely concentrating on the wine list more than anything. Mm. Um, being a fine dining restaurant, the the, the bar is a very, um, and the cocktail program is a very classic-based cocktail program. Um but the wine list is uh, the wine list is my baby. <laughs> yeah, uh, training staff, and then obviously I work on the floor as well. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, do you work in with the chef or chefs around the sort of menu and what what you might want to have on the list? Yeah, or absolutely. Have you got absolutely. quite an extensive list anyway that you've got the flexibility. The list is for? relatively extensive. Um, I mean, it's it's. I think it's a good size for the size of the restaurant because we. But, 
we can fit about uh, an average night is about 80 to 90 covers mm-hmm. um we only do dinner um so to do one service a night is we're not pumping out volume that mm. is not what we're trying to do by mm. any means um so we don't um but sorry that being said Yes, absolutely. Uh, Simon is sort of constantly changing the menu, totally seasonal based. So what comes in fresh, local, everything else um, around those. So the idea was to also make the wine list in line with that philosophy. Um, and we, we, I would say, mostly sell tasting menu um, with a couple wine pairing options. Mm-hmm. So um, it's always fun to... Uh, sit down with the dish and you know try a couple different wines and see what works and then go from there yep yep okay and and how about the 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 balance of the menu around new zealand wine and maybe australian and then european and so definitely when i got there um the bulk of the list was kiwi wines and then the other half was french um we i would say we are not a French restaurant by any means. There's a lot of French people that work there, mm. but um, Simon's food is very classic, um, but not necessarily classic French dishes. Yes. Um, so there was always an expectation, I believe, on the customer's side to have a significant amount of French wines on the list, which I'm all for. Love France, love French wines, absolutely. Um, but I, I've made a conscious effort to sort of beef up the others section, mm-hmm. whether that's others from New Zealand um, and around the world. So Italy, Spain, yep. uh, Canada when I when I we have one coming in so (laughs) Um, but yeah definitely just because there's a ton of really great wine available in this country Mm. Um, and if if it sort of makes sense to go on the list and if it you know pairs well with food and there's a story behind it and all the rest then why why shouldn't it be on the list you know yeah yeah and how how receptive are um, um, clients to trying something that might be a little bit different yeah. for them. Do, is, is there much um, coaxing or selling that uh, has to Sometimes, go? sometimes. Yeah. I find that it's really a generational thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I find the uh, the older ones are a little bit more set in their ways in that they, they know what they're looking for, they know what they want. Um, and then, you know, the younger ones <laughs> yeah. will come in and just sort of um, ask a, little, a few more questions as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I get the impression there aren't too many Psalms working in restaurants on the floor here. No. So to get somebody to use you <laughs> yes. sort of to yeah. your full capacity yeah. Yeah. Um, is it. it takes a little bit of like hey i'm here ask me a question you know mm. a little bit of coaxing in that sense um but i i i mean i'm not looking to make people feel uncomfortable and outside of their comfort no. zone so it's just about pushing a little yes. bit yeah yeah um yeah. It's and that- it's that sort of level of challenge, isn't yeah, it? So that, yeah, yeah. So that pe- people are um, going to come away with maybe a new experience, something they Absolutely. might not. And that's what we're trying to do. Mm. Like, I mean, mm. you're, you know, it's not. Um, you are. You are. We hope to deliver an exceptional experience. Mm. So part of that is, you know, walking away with, hey, that's maybe something I hadn't tried before, and yeah. I, I kind of like it. I thought I only liked this before, and yes. now I, you know, I kind of like this one too. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, that's the case, and. 
you know, we all get sort of locked into our habits yeah, and, yeah. and our preferences, but certainly in, in wine and increasingly so, I think, in New Zealand because of what's become available, there are a lot of choices out there. Yeah, and it's not easy. I mean, you you no. you have to, like, have a, a, a I want to say a real interest in wine, but you kind of have to consciously seek out other mm. wines mm. and if you're not comfortable doing that it's a minefield <laughs> yeah <laughs> right so that's yeah, why i'm there is to really sort of know. guide you yes. into yeah there's too much yes. too much to understand too much yep. choice everybody wants value for money mm. i mean why wouldn't you right mm. that it's silly not to want that so but i'm lucky in the sense that i get to taste so many things every day every week and and that's not necessarily the uh, people don't have that opportunity all the time, mm. right? So mm. it's about kind of wading through all this stuff and finding what's right for that one person, you yeah. know? So. Yeah, trying to move them away from Sauvignon and Pinot Gris all the time, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pinot Gris. It's the Pinot Gris is what everybody's... And you can understand. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's a yep. it's a safe choice and yes. there's there's nothing wrong with a good Pinot Gris. No. Um, but there are so many other wines that are in that style, um, so, that are just different grape varieties. So, what, so. I mean, that's that, that's a good thing to maybe look further. At. What, what is a what is a varietal you think that a Pinot Gris drinker could try? Could go towards, mm. yeah. I mean, mm. we've got Albarino from right. Spain. Right. Um, you've, I mean, to me, a, I mean, Pinot Gris varies obviously, but um, you're looking at sort of lighter body, more citrus and stone fruit on the nose, can be dry, slightly off dry. Yeah. Um, so there are so many wines that kind of fit that. A lot of Italian varietals, mm-hmm. you've got Greco and Fiano, a uh, little bit more mineral driven, but no oak as well, mm-hmm. citrus on the nose, uh, sometimes a little bit of salty minerality. I've found some Arnez in Marlborough, actually, mm-hmm. that's okay. grown by um, a tiny little outfit called Tua Marina. Um, so an Italian variety from Piemonte, but but uh, very much in in a Pinot Gris style, in the sense that there's acid there, there's no oak, there's freshness on the uh, on the aromas and the palate. So yep. yeah, there's a there are a lot of other uh, sort of options that you can. Uh, yeah, well, Alberino is a little sort of pet favorite of mine at the yeah, moment. You go yeah. through stages, don't you? And I yeah. sort of discovered it a while ago and been trying to. Um, introduce it to my friends who are peanut yeah, green drinkers. Yeah, and there's a few drinkers. different styles as well. Yes. I mean, you can get some really light ones and then you get some ones with a little bit of a lees contact and it develops a richness and hmm. some have oak to it, some don't. So it's And um, a few more New Zealand wineries picking it up. With Albrino, yeah. Mm, yeah, mm, yeah, totally. Mm, and which I think is it's, fun, quite, so. it's quite a good fit for New Zealand. Yeah, mm. yeah, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, okay. And obviously and you've got a little bit of a cellar there as well at the French Cafe, which is yeah, nice. Yeah, we've got, uh, it's actually... One of the first restaurants I've worked at that has a good amount of space for how much wine we have. Mm-hmm. So usually you're, you know, tucking things under the stairs and in your <laughs> office and under a table somewhere. And um, whereas this is, we've got a beautiful sort of uh, what we call our cellar, and that's a, a longer table that is meant for larger groups. Um, so I've got room in there as well as in the French kitchen in the back, the event space. Mm-hmm. We've got a good amount of space there, plus mm. fridges here and there. And I mean. You just you give me more space, I'll buy more wine. Yeah. <laughs> but no, <laughs> it's it's, it it's a well planned out, thought out um, outfit for sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. And um, not so long ago, you won an accolade of sorts for something. I did. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was that for? Um, so the New Zealand School of Food and Wine puts on a um, best sommelier competition. Mm-hmm. So I. Uh, 
got the opportunity to compete in that. And yeah, mm. I walked away with the prize. Mm. Congratulations. That's <laughs> exciting. Yeah. 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 Well done. Yeah. No, yeah. It, was, it was fun because there was, uh, I mean, maybe over a dozen competitors and there was only three girls that competed mm-hmm. and sort of all three got to the second round. So oh, it was very good. girl power, you yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, it was fun. It was, it's always nice to, um, it's always a challenge to be, I mean, they put us through a blind tasting general um, knowledge exam as well as a mock service. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you do these things every day, like the service side of things I do anyways. And it's, you don't, um, it's like almost riding a car at a, or driving a car at a certain point. You mm-hmm. don't, you're not super conscious or aware all the time of what you're doing, but yep. in sort of an exam setting, you are very conscious yeah. of everything you're doing, you yeah. know? You're observing um, yourself. Totally, it. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, and it presents sort of challenges that uh, normally you're like, oh, I, I got this, you know? And then suddenly you're skipping over the the woman on the table that you're, that you should be serving first, you know? So it's mm-hmm. um, always nice to you know, be kind of, uh, to be challenged in that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And is it an annual, um, event? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. I think this was the third year that they did oh, it. Okay. Third or fourth. It yeah. may have been, but yeah. 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 And I think, and so, and what's your view of the, um, cuisine space, the dining space in, in Auckland and New Zealand, you know, obviously, you know, you mentioned before that, uh, it's quite rare still to find a, dedicated sommelier when you go to a restaurant um and it's always nice to i think to, to find someone that. who yeah to, to have that I'm it's always nice to have of, a job yeah yeah i'm always i'm always looking for that or, or you know wanting to ask lots of questions and i think more places are probably if it's not uh sommelier such a having maybe someone at least on the floor who, who has a good a lot knowledge of, yeah, of, what, of knowledge. the wine list yeah. and i think i'm finding that generally wait staff are having better knowledge about right. about yep. the wine rather than you know. I think W said has a good presence here, um, which is which is a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, puts everybody sort of on a level playing What's field. That? Sorry, the um, World Spirit Education. Oh, Trust, okay, yep, um, yep. Which is run out of either the New Zealand um, School of Food and Wine with mm-hmm. Celia Hay or um, Jane. She's uh, an MW. Okay. She runs as well a um, the different sort of courses and levels. Right. Um, and uh, I get the impression that it's quite uh, employers are quite eager and keen to have you go out and sit these exams. Um, it benefits everybody really, mm. right? I know ours are. So we've got a, a number on the floor of the floor staff that have gone through um, some levels of it, which is nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that probably just shows a little bit the <clears throat> growing maturity of the yeah of yeah. the hospitality industry yeah. in New Zealand. No, totally. Yeah. So it's yeah. Uh, you make great wine here, so why not uh, have you know people ambassadors for that great wine? Mm. Really. So. Mm. It, so what what are what are some of your favourites then? Do do you it, do you go through phases, or have you got something that um, you've loved for a long time? Wines. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wines. I mean, I've got sort of favorite grape, or yeah, sort of favorite grape varieties. Mm-hmm. Um, Chenin Syrah Riesling, um, mm-hmm. probably juggle between those. I find myself drinking a lot more white than I do red. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I've—I don't know if I'd ever had a New Zealand Riesling before I got here, and it was sort of a a uh, total discovery for me. Um, also, it's a different styles, you know some sort of varying ripeness levels depending on where you're going or where you're getting it from. Um, 
but it's uh, it's definitely an underrated variety, I think, coming out of the country. Okay. Um, as it is around the world. <laughs> I don't think it's as appreciated by the general consumer as it should be. Yeah. Um, but there's some really, really great examples. Yeah. And, and you can get quite a variety, can't you, in the, in, in the yeah. style of... Yeah. And there actually are... If, I mean, if you have a favorite producer there are a number of them that if they're making Riesling they're almost making two different styles of it so they're making an off dry as well as a dry style so Mm -hmm. it lets you kind of stick to a familiar aspect in the sense that the producer is what you're comfortable with but you can you know try a dry and try an off dry Mm. Um, I don't know what the sort of division is between producers making dry and off dry if we're making a Mm. lot more off dry than we are dry Um, but yeah it's uh, I think people are slowly learning that not all Riesling is sweet no yeah that's right (laughs) yeah I think that's uh, baby steps forward but that's that's happening which is really nice to see so yeah tons of food pairing options with it as well so Yes, yeah, and, and that's something that, um, you know, is always always quite exciting, particularly with summer coming up, I think yeah, there's some yeah. more sort of Riesling matches. That, uh, I'm finding actually that uh, Kiwis are drinking, like I, I thought maybe during the winter, you know, the reds would dominate a little bit more, but white seems to be the the sort of leader when okay. it comes to well that's yeah, interesting, so you found that anyways. in the restaurant, yeah, 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 so, yeah, so white was still, I mean I certainly drift a bit more towards red during the winter just because yeah, it, naturally, you don't necessarily I mean, feel like something feel, chilled. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. but white um, in general, I mean, maybe maybe it was just this winter. Mm. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, white and a good number of rosé as well. Yeah, well, I think rosé is certainly um, caught on popularity yeah, and yeah. the fact that uh, it, it's, you know, not just a cheap sort of drinking wine. You can actually get some great rosé. You can be serious about it. Yeah, yeah you can totally. be serious about it. And there's a whole, and again, there's a whole lot of different styles, aren't yeah. there, of of rosé. And it's um, lovely um, lunchtime drinking and some great pairings you can do with, yeah, with a rosé. Yeah, totally. Uh, just on that, is there any, do you have a favourite pairing at the moment, maybe in the restaurant, or is there something you like doing, uh, you like cooking that... Um, Oh, you, cooking. You I don't do it. any of the cooking at home anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> I'll open the bottle of the wine. He does all the cooking. <laughs> I can't well, take that away from him. Well, but, well, uh, <laughs> maybe there's something that, that's that cooked cooks, for yeah, you that, exactly. that you really like or you're looking forward to for summer. Or is there, is there a dish in the restaurant that, you know, you've recently gone, wow, these, these two things just... Um, really go together well it's one of the first dishes on the tasting menu is um a sort of a kingfish ceviche style um so very light very delicate um there's tons of acid uh in in a good way obviously how the fish is cooked but um i've been able to sort of play around with pairings because sometimes you want a little bit of sweetness to sort of balance out the acid Mm -hmm. um, from all the different citrus on the dish. But then a dry also helps to um, help to sort of cancel out the acid in the dish. So I feel like there, that's probably one of my favorite dishes to pair with because there are so many options. I've got a Muscatello, you can do a Riesling. Um, The Albarino also goes or a Albarino can go. Um, so yeah, it's it's fun to have different options because we do have people coming in saying, I'm I'm visiting New Zealand, I want to drink only Kiwi wines. Right. And then you have Kiwis that come in that say, I only want to drink international wines, yeah. right? So yeah. it's nice to have a little bit of a, a variety. And then also, you know, there is never just one perfect wine for a dish. So 
try it out, yes. try a few and see sort of what works best. Feedback. It's always nice to engage a customer in conversation, see what they think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, probably yeah, one that's of my favorite interesting. dishes. Okay. Yeah. No, no nice. Well, we, yeah, ceviche is good. Again, you know, summer coming. <laughs> um, and it's interesting that thinking about wine, food, pairing, um, can be quite different, can't it? It's to, you know, there can be thinking that, oh, it needs to balance out yeah. uh, or it needs to complement. Or, or complement, <laughs> contrast. Yeah. And I think um, what's most sort of fun about doing wine pairings is that you can look, you know, you can read, let's say, this the description of a dish on a piece of paper. And then in your mind, you come up with a pairing based on, okay, this is, I know the the meat is cooked in this way and you know I have a general idea of let's say what the mushroom tastes like or but really until you sit down with the dish and a few different wines do you can you come to an actual Mm. uh, conclusion let's Mm. say because not always what works on paper works on the dish you know what comes hot what comes cold what dominates in terms of flavor um i always find it's less about let's say the protein on the dish and more about the accompaniments the Mm -hmm. sauce how it's prepared um Mm. so yeah it's always and it's 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 nice to be to not just kind of have it what you think uh, what you envision should will go with it yes it's um it's important to definitely taste the dish with the wine yes yeah yeah, yeah. and ultimately I, I i suppose simply for me it's that the the pairing makes both the wine and the food taste Sing. better yeah. 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 yeah 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 and also on the restaurant side it's a little bit i think we all do it but we will almost fully judge a wine just by looking at it and mm-hmm. smelling it, mm-hmm. not by necessarily tasting it. So it also, I'm conscious of having a wine sort of present well without the food mm-hmm. because half of your um, thoughts are almost formulated before you even try it with the dish. Right. Um, well, yeah, and that's interesting because a, a wine can taste completely different completely by different. itself if you drink a yeah. whole glass just by itself and then you have it with, uh, food it can completely change and that. I mean how often have you maybe stuck your nose in a glass and either been immediately appealed by it mm. or totally turned off mm. you mm. know and mm. if, you've, if you've already made that judgment just by smelling it you know chances are you also believe that when you're when you're tasting yeah, it right yeah, so I try and do as much as I can blind so that people don't have um sort of preconceived notions of what's in their glass, Yeah, put it down in front of them, let them taste without the food, let them taste with the food, and then tell them what it is. You right. know? Oh, okay. Do you like it? Don't you? And yeah, then good. you get yeah. a lot of people, because you get a lot of people, Riesling's a perfect example. You get a lot of people that, I don't like Riesling, I don't drink Riesling. Hmm. Perfect. Did you just, and they tell me they just loved what was in their glass. Well, that's a Riesling. Yeah. No way. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's, it's awesome to sort of uh, get, see their reaction to those things. Yes. Um, well, I think, yeah, there's been studies done, haven't there, that um, if, if you can see something, you, you, you think it tastes different than yeah, if you, yeah, you, you, you yeah, don't totally, look at it. Yeah, totally, totally. So take yeah. all that away, strip it away. Do you yeah. like the wine? Why do you like it? And it gets people thinking, why do I like this? Do mm. I like it because it's got... Uh, a good mouthfeel because it's dry because it smells pretty you mm. know there's and mm. and um you sort of pulling out information from people that they without they're not um 
sort of fully thinking about. Yes. Um, and then that hopefully gets them also thinking about the next glass of wine that they yeah. have. Because Am I judging it for the right or wrong reasons? And that's right. <laughs> yeah, because it is a learning, like lots of things, yeah, isn't it? I yeah. think... Um, uh, people can go, oh, okay, I'm not that good at um, distinguishing, you know, the aromas or the different um, flavor sensations in a wine. But it, like anything, um, the more you do it, the more you think about it, yeah. the better you get at it. And it enhances the whole experience for you. Well, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm not in the business of making anybody feel stupid for not knowing what to... <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So it's just about, yeah. you know, you are where you are and um, you can just exp- have a new experience and grow in your understanding and appreciation yeah, of, yeah. of what you like. That's like our goal, it. anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. That's good. Okay, no, that's um, that's excellent. And so we we finish on the question: If you could have a, any glass of wine with anyone, uh, what and who would it be? What and who would it be? Oh my goodness, that's a loaded question too, because <laughs> there's so many people. Yes. Um, well, just one. But, just yeah, one, yeah, one exactly. Glass of one just person. one. Well, I've got to stick to my Canadian roots here. So yes. there is. Um, if anybody's ever heard of the band, the Tragically Hip. Um, the lead singer is named. Putting is, my hand up. No, no. Well, it's 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 a big Canadian band. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he, uh, the lead singer, just recently passed away. Um, I think he had brain cancer or something horrible. Mm. And he, um, he, I guess he really spent his career sort of bringing. Canadians together with the music as well as he was actively involved in um, Indigenous affairs, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, our our Maoris mm-hmm. um, and, you know, the original sort of people on the land and the challenges that they face, he, he, he gave them a voice. Um, and so I think it would be pretty cool. My mom's Indian, like right. native, so yes. I think it would be pretty cool to... Uh, have a bit of a discussion with him about sort of his life experiences, mm. um, and apparently he was quite a love uh, a wine lover as well. Right. So, um, got to pick something rare and uh, you know a bottle I've never I've never had. Maybe like a Clodomineal, a crude Clodomineal two thousand or one right. of their rare champagnes. Right. You know? <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, it's something very rare. Yeah. 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 It's something you wouldn't forget. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Okay. Totally. Nice. Oh, that's very good. Well, thanks, Steph. Thank you very much. Oh, it's been thank great. thank you for having me. Yeah, no, excellent. And um, obviously for, uh, you know, anyone that's keen for a great dining experience. Come visit us at the French Cafe. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Okay, cheers. Bye for now. Thank you. We've been speaking with Stephanie Guth, the current sommelier at the French Cafe restaurant here in Auckland, New Zealand, and the winner of the New Zealand Sommelier of the Year 2017. If you'd like to find out more about the French Cafe, you can find them at thefrenchcafe.co.nz. And also be sure to check out some of the other great New Zealand wine podcasts where we talk with others that are involved in the New Zealand wine industry here in New Zealand, winemakers, vineyard owners, etc. And also have a look for us online and via social media, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for your company and we look forward to it again shortly. Hey, corner mai. Bye for now.